Hello and welcome to the Four Comic Junkies Podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges. And, oh boy, what what a week it's been, folks. Um, my birthday was this past week. And I just kind of took the, took the week off. Barely left the house. It was pretty nice. <laughs> Uh, ended up being the weather was also not super great every day, so that was nice too. So, more of an excuse to stay home, read comics, you know, drunk texts, my ex, that kind of stuff. I'm kidding, I only did one of those things. But which one? You'll never know. Anyway, as always, this podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. And, uh, if you're looking for me, you can find me... At Four Comic Junkies, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can email me, fourcomicjunkies at gmail.com. Folks, we have a we have a really special episode for you today. Um, uh, I am doing a special kind of crossover thing with the Gotham Outsiders, uh, a Batman book club. Uh, that's right, Chris and TJ from the Gotham Outsiders. Uh, two of the most inviting, friendliest, best people you'll ever meet. You know, I've had a couple of different conversations with them, uh, mainly because we had a conversation and that recording got screwed up, so we had to fix it with this one. <laughs> They're so generous about that. But then again, you can't really tell listening to it. Uh, I ruined it, but it's fine. Uh, but either way, they're, you know... They're so generous, they're so inviting, and, and also just the type of people that um, I, I, I want, you want on your side. Um, you know, I, I like to consider myself a, uh, you know, LGBTQ uh, ally, but it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you, like, am I an ally? Am I doing the right thing? Am I saying the right things? And luckily, I have, you know, good friends like these that help, uh, steer me in the right direction and, uh, and make sure that, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not being a dick as it were. <laughs> um, yeah, but good, you know, really, really great people that are, like I said, very inviting, very fun. I, I say it like a thousand times in the show, but I highly recommend checking out their show, Gotham Outsiders. Um, you know, they, they have really, their energy is infectious, and it's a ton of fun talking to them. Um, and this won't be the last time you hear them on, on my show, mark my words. So that was really lame when I just did. I went, yeah, yeah, ha, ha. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Um, if only you could see what my finger was doing, it was a ha, 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 ha. Yeah, I'm sure you can gather from there. Anyway, uh, I've wasted enough time on this intro. Let's get into the episode. God, I hate that Zoom thing. Recording in progress. It doesn't actually show up in the video or in the uh, recording, though, which I just found out yesterday when I was editing. Yeah. But it does show up in my ears. So that's nice. Thank you, Zoom lady. Oh, um, I have that turned off, so it doesn't do that for me. Oh, that's an option. Dang I, it. it is. Okay. Do I know how I did it? No, I do not. I have no idea. It's just not on anymore. <laughs> One of these days I'll figure it out like six years from now when I'm, you know, a pro at this. Um, whereas now I'm still quite an amateur. Anyway, <laughs> um, thanks again to the Gotham Outsiders uh, for joining me today to talk about DC Pride. Unfortunately, we missed Pride Month 
but that's okay. Schedules and such. We can talk pride anytime because uh, it's, you know, it's fine to have pride. You know, you're, we're all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, we've moved out of gay pride. We're now in gay wrath month. <laughs> I'm biased, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so joining me today is uh, Chris and TJ from, the, like I said, the Gotham Outsiders. I'm so excited to have you both on here. I'm a big fan of your show. Um, I've had, uh, I've had TJ on before we talked some Buffy and Joss Whedon stuff and, uh, hopefully uh, this will be a, <laughs> this, this will be a more, uh, lighthearted, less, uh, depressing talk. Although that wasn't that much of a depressing talk. We had a, we had a good conversation that day. Yeah. I think. And TJ knows I can rant about Whedon anytime. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think uh, most of us can now at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so I got to know TJ a little bit last time he was here. Uh, so Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, the origin, the secret origin, if you will, of the Gotham Outsiders. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so I am a psych doctorate student uh, and I teach about sex and gender. Mm. Uh, and I was right at the beginning of my doctorate program where I had no time at all to do anything or add anything else into my life. And suddenly on Twitter, in a moment of weakness was like, wouldn't it be funny if I started like a feminist queer Batman podcast? No one would listen, right? And then my entire timeline became, okay, but like you have to now, you don't have a choice. And so I immediately, of course, immediately was like, I don't have time guys, there's no way. This, meanwhile, my bestie TJ slides into my DMs and goes, okay, but what if we did it? Yeah, but yeah, just kidding, but what if? Okay, well, but what what if, what if? And then we started throwing it backward and forward. And we'd been talking about doing a podcast for a couple of years at that point, right? Yeah, it had been a while. Hmm. Our original idea was a Heroes Rewatch podcast. <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm a little glad you didn't do that. <laughs> I've be... never succeeded at rewatching Heroes past the first season ever again. So uh, neither have any of us, so that's fair. <laughs> right. <laughs> Truly, it would be a one season long and then we'd give up by season two, probably. Um, <laughs> then we debated doing one we called the Better Cut, which was just gonna be superhero movies, and then we would jokingly say how we would make them better if we got to Snyder cut them. Mm -hmm. um which has become now a special in our show but we never really landed on anything that was the thing that would push us over the edge of actually doing it until this response from people on twitter about the batman one mm -hmm. because for me i had been a dc comics fan for a, about a decade now and i'd never really found a space that felt like a a safe space for me i'm, I'm sure it exists out there but i hadn't really found it Mm -hmm. uh, and so TJ and I decided to create it, a place where everyone's welcome, where everything is gay and it's feminist <laughs> and no gatekeeping allowed. And Chris gets to trick me into reading Batman all the time now. <laughs> yes. Yes. The other secret origin is that for the years of our friendship, I'd been trying to get TJ to read Batman and he'd said, no, it turned out all I had to do was record it for, you know, all of the people to listen to and then he'd do it. <laughs> um, that's, that's awesome. Uh, you know, any excuse to get people reading uh, comics, Ryan Lauer from uh, the Batman book club, he would love that. Um, He's always hashtagging read more Batman comics. So, um, yes. 
Oh, we're gonna make that crossover happen one day. Yeah, I, I oh, I would love that. Yeah, you know, Lauer's he's a great guy to talk to. Um, and that's and a that, funny story there. <laughs> that so when true. we started our podcast, we named it the Batman Book Club, uh, but we a book club was one word to kind of go with Batman batman book club sure so that space in between book and club was very important apparently because the batman book club did not come up when we were searching for it to make sure no one had this name mm -hmm. uh so we post our first episode and i realize oh shit there's another <laughs> podcast with a very similar name so i had to email ryan and be like oh my gosh apologies like i wanted to tell you that you know like, we're not trying to copy your idea like and like he had created it we had created it so like so close after his started it just right. was such a big coincidence mm -hmm. uh, so anyway that's how we got to gotham outsiders a batman book club <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were throwing backward and forward what our name was gonna be and we were like maybe we could be the outsiders no it should have something with gotham in it and then like the name kind of came just from brainstorming backward and forward, but now it really has such a meaning to me. The fact that we're letting people in that have been kind of gate kept out. We are the outsiders. We are the space for everyone. Right. And like, I think we're a podcast for queer fans, but like, like anyone can listen and have fun and yeah. be in on the conversation, even if it's not like about them, if that makes sense. Uh, it, it it totally does because I feel that way about your show. Uh, when I listen, I do feel like I'm I'm welcome in the conversation. Like uh, yeah, it's something I I always get nervous about if I listen find a new fan podcast. Um, mm -hmm. I I always worry that it's going to be one of those like you know the the Snyder Bro kind of like <laughs> just shitting on everything. And it's like I I don't want to listen to that. I right. I I hate seeing these hot takes on on Twitter like. Oh, like, you know, Spider-Man MCU is trash and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and I got uh, kind of which called is the wrong opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like, yeah, I see like Spider-Man and Star Wars fans just at each other's throats. And I'm like, yeah, are you guys sure you like this stuff? Like, what the fuck is the matter with you? <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it blows my mind. And then uh, getting into like your show and then Lauer's show and uh, even like the, the proper Batman on film. Uh, it's like they're, they're people that are just excited to be there and it it makes me it, and I, I'm like happy to listen to it because it's like you know first of all I, I look forward to it just like I look forward to new episodes of a tv show or a Aww. movie coming out um yeah <laughs> I you know I'm not trying to kiss kiss y'all's butts but you know <laughs> um but but seriously it's it's uh it's, it's something where I, I get excited to listen to because I'm like, I feel like I'm a part of the conversation a little bit, even if uh, um, even if for some reason, like, I, I don't know, like it's not about me, right? Like you were saying, mm -hmm. like, uh, like I'm not a queer person, but I feel welcome in the conversation. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we definitely want it to be a yeah. space for everyone, right? Like we want to open it up so that people who haven't been represented have a space, but it's not about making a new gate to keep anyone else out. We're about, we're throwing down the gates. <laughs> like we don't want any. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what I, what I love is, you know, if, if there are disagreements or anything, it's, it's almost always civil. I've been on some of the straight out of Gotham, um, 
like a YouTube nights when they do like their iceberg lounge stuff. And I feel like if we're talking about stuff um, and other podcasts I've been on, if I disagree about something, like for example, I, I like the last Jedi, a lot of star Wars mm-hmm. fans don't. Um, oh, yeah. I do too. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, but I don't, when I'm with a certain group of people, I don't ever feel attacked. I yeah. feel like they're like, well, why do you like it? And I'll tell them and they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, I don't like it. You know? <laughs> so it's like, okay, this is how a conversation should go about these things. Um, <laughs> I have to shout out since we're talking about uh, Star Wars, YouTube nights, and toxic fandom. I have to talk <laughs> about uh, Pink Milk, which is a Star Wars podcast. And... Our totally real, total rivals that we totally are rivaling with. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> okay. we have a discussion of who had the more toxic fandom, DC or Star Wars? Because, uh-huh. you know, they're both pretty toxic at times. Yeah. Sure. There's certain segments that can be quite rough. Right. So we have started a rivalry, totally real, with the Pink Milk <laughs> podcast to see who is more toxic on Twitter. Uh, and we we love them. Um, yeah, Mark we do. Specifically <laughs> is an angel, I mean demon, and we will have an episode <laughs> with him coming out very soon. And yeah, just check out their podcast. It's a yeah. great Star Wars show. Yeah, we're very bonded by the fact that they're also a queer podcast that is part of a fandom where a huge segment wishes we weren't here, basically. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's that's the kind of thing I ne- I never ever understand, you know. And mm-hmm. while you know, while we're talking about like uh pride and, and you know queer representation here, um it's such a strange thing to love a superhero mm-hmm. or you know, the good guys, right? Like Luke Skywalker or Ray or Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Right and and then to go around and hate people, you yeah. know, that right that aren't hurting you you know like if you two were villains and being nasty to people online that'd be a whole other thing um but that, that's not until season two when i have a real heel turn and ah. uh, start going <laughs> gotcha i'm well, that's like with my harry villain potter, origin story like harry potter teaches acceptance and inclusion and right. you know how can you write that and be a turf yeah <laughs> People are complicated. Yeah, it, it is very, it, it's, it's, a, it, I, it blows my mind. And it's like, not that I don't believe it, obviously, because I'm like, I watch it happen. But at the same time, I sit there and go, yeah, but like, why? Like, you know, and I, there was a post uh, I saw not too long ago that was like, X Men has always been about racism. Uh, Star Trek has always been about like inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, like, and even comic books in general have always been about like let's let people in right and it it just i don't know it just it that kind of stuff blows my mind and it's not something that i'm you know i i and i and i hate to have to be able to say like well there there's some privilege on my end that i don't understand what it's like to be you know the target of hatred or homophobia yeah. um and that and that kind of, in a way, breaks my heart because it's like, I, I don't know what that's like. And, and it's also easy for people when they don't know what it's like to dismiss it and say, well, it's not that bad. You know what I mean? Right. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Comic books, you know, were created by Jewish people mm-hmm. in a time when they felt especially powerless to give narratives about fighting back against evil. And yet, as a fandom, there's this segment that does exactly the thing that the original creators would have hated. Yeah, and like so much of the representation in the books and from writers is like white straight people. And 
I think, you know, when you try to start mixing that up, the people that are so used to the status quo and don't like change, you know, start to get a little defensive and feel a sense of ownership over what they've been reading, which is understandable. But, you know, we have to be open and accepting of everyone. And when we're trying to add diversity, like those are things that are is really important. Yeah. It's hard to, when you, when we're in this space where the creators are at sometimes adding to the problem. I mean, if we look at all these interviews that have been coming out around the Marvel shows, there's a whole lot of, wow, how dare our fans think that our characters are queer or ship them or pretend that they're gay when they're obviously not. Right. And it's nobody needed to say that. Like, we're not idiots. We know you're not actually going to give us representation. Like we're mm -hmm. not dumb, but just <laughs> leave us alone. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, it, it's my... My friend uh, Colleen, uh, who was on my show recently, um, she put it in a really good way where she was like, you know, just because I'm gay, if I go into a, in a grocery store, it doesn't turn it into a gay grocery store. Yeah. You know, I'm on your podcast right now. It doesn't make it a gay podcast. And I said, I said, I think it does, but that's okay. You know, <laughs> just, that doesn't it's a gay podcast when TJ and I are on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gay. <laughs> It, it doesn't, but that doesn't bother me at all. It's like, you know, I, I have this person that has this whole other worldview and, you know, and I encourage people to check that episode out. It's, you know, it was a really, I, I got to just sit back and listen type of episode, mm -hmm. which uh, is, are some of my favorites because first of all, it makes my job a hell of a lot easier. Um, <laughs> but it's also, but it also like went on longer than I thought it would. I was like, it's like we were in the studio at the time and I was looking at the clock. I was like, I was like oh shit, we got to get out of here. But like, I don't want to leave, you know? Well, JJ, um, what I admire about you is that you have a very open mind and willingness to learn. And mm -hmm. I think that's where we all have to start. Yeah. Uh, you know, talking about fanboy comic book readers that don't have that mindset or and not are not even open to the idea. Like, I think that's where the, the problem is. Like, we should all be wanting to learn from one another and benefit from one another's experiences. And when you're just closed off to your own, like, yeah, that's that's where we need some growth, I think. Yeah, it's it's truly, I think people, even well-meaning people can sometimes get overwhelmed and be like, what if I get something wrong? You know, I feel like it's a minefield or whatever. But in all honesty, the only thing we're asking for is people who are trying. We're not looking for perfection. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, and and I, and thank you. It, and that comes from the past several years of, I mean, if you just, you know, turn on the news at any given day, you know, I mean, you know, what happened with, I mean, this like years and years ago uh, with uh, Matthew Laramie and then, um, you know, and George Floyd, you know, these people that were murdered for no fucking reason. Yeah. Um, it just, it turns, it, it turns into a conversation when I, I had to kind of sit there and go, wait a minute. Like if people are saying these things, like, you know, when women are, are saying that they're paid less than men, when it's a loud conversation, there's, there's a lot for me to like process and go, because the, the immediate dismissal is go, oh, that can't be true. They'd get sued if they did that. And then it's like, but then again, why are so many people saying it? Right. You know, like it, it's, you know, if there's systemic racism, if there's like, you know, rampant homophobia, like if people are saying it, it must be true. You know, it, because it's a large group of people, people I know, people I trust, right. um, it, there, there has to be truth to it. So I need to be open to, ex, you know, expanding my truth and my reality into, you know, what, what, the, what other people are going through. 
I feel right. like I'm rambling, if that makes any sense. No, no you're, you're sense. fine. Yeah, like minorities can be as loud as they possibly can. And still, and for better or worse, we need others to listen and then take what they learn and do better. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let me let me ask you, um, when, you know, something like, you know, the DC Pride comic comes out, uh, which, you know, I know we're all big fans of, and I did not yes. read, I did not read the Marvel one. Um, I, I, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like, I, I thought about that. I was like, so maybe I should get it ahead of time. I mean, read the Iceman one for sure. Anthony Oliveira killed it. Oh, we uh, love him. I, I don't know who that is, but I'll check it out. Oh, you need to. <laughs> well, you can uh, listen to our episode with him and get to know him. <laughs> yes, we talked I, about Batman Forever. He is amazing. <laughs> that um, I, I'll, you know, I think I've said this to you all before, but um, you you all blew my mind when you were talking about Batman Forever in one of your episodes and said that Dick Grayson's depiction in that is much more Jason Todd than Dick Grayson. Oh I was, yeah, yeah. Because I sat there just going, no, it is. Wait. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was all what Chris. <laughs> yeah, it was that episode. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. All right. So then I do know who that is because I yeah. listened to that episode. All right. They um, made some points. <laughs> yeah. I it, very valid too. Um. Uh. And it was funny actually, TJ. Just um, when I was talking, uh, we were talking about the Scream podcast. I mentioned to um, my uh. I mentioned to my sister, I was like, oh, yeah, so I was talking to the guy who hosts it, and he asked me if, you know, like, what I wanted to talk about, thinking that you and I were on the same page, not necessarily on the same page, but, like, I just piggybacked off of you, because you were like, oh, I'd love to be a guest. I was like, I would also like to be a guest, because that's that's how I do things. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he was like, oh, so you wanted to talk about, like, the queerness of the Scream movies? I was like, oh, no, 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 that's all TJ. And I said that to my sister, and she was like, she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, like Billy and Stu in the first movie. And she's like, oh, yeah. Yep, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're very gay. Yeah. Oh, I, I rewatched it um, last night, actually. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, look at them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyone listening, check out Scream with Ryan C. Showers. It's a really great podcast if you like Scream. Yeah, it, it, he just started and he's I think he's doing a great job. Uh, and TJ and I are future guests, so we're excited. Um but, uh, but anyway, going back to, um, you know, DC and Marvel, you know, doing these pride issues, does, for, for you two as readers, do, is it important to you that the people making it are also um, in the LGBT community? Or would, would it have, would you not thought much of it if like Tom Taylor or Scott Snyder had written um, a story in it? That's an interesting question. <laughs> And I think it doesn't have a yes or no answer, if that, if that helps. Um, because Tom Taylor's, you know, run was queer and beautiful and I loved it. Mm -hmm. And if he was the absolute only person ever allowed to tell those stories, it would bother me. But the fact is that, you know, with DC Pride, we're getting queer writers that can write queer stories. I don't mm -hmm. mind that other people are also. It's just if they were only, that's when it becomes the problem. And gotcha. we had a discussion at one point, either behind the scenes or recorded. Oh, one second. Oh, no. Sorry. I was getting my cat's ball. <laughs> okay. Let me start over. Singular. <laughs> yes. So we were having a discussion about Chris and I 
how people behind these anthologies, like we can say, I'm trying to think of how to say this. <laughs> you're going to have to edit this part. I'm going to help you if I remember what you're talking about at hold any on, point. Chris and I were talking the other day about how when we start saying that only queer writers can write these yeah. stories that we then get into like some gray territory where like maybe some people aren't ready to be out yeah. like I mean we, we live in a reality now where Al Ewing just came out as bisexual yeah. he, he wrote Loki Asian of Asgard and was a big advocate for Loki being bisexual years ago mm. he's done so much for the Wiccan and Hulkling characters and the Young Avengers over at Marvel he's done so much queerness things he's he made Star-Lord canonically some sort of queer recently mm -hmm. all of this while everyone was thinking he was a straight writer um and so you know like if if al was on the marvel anthology writing a story and like you know i think yeah. it's really powerful to have queer writers telling queer stories but if we're limiting to just queer creators we start you know getting into questioning people's identities when maybe right. it's not our our job to we we really can't get into a i mean we can we shouldn't get into a space where people have to check their gay card to write a story mm -hmm. um right. and this happened i mean it's happening in comics but it certainly happened in books at large there was a huge thing with for a few years there of a bunch of really popular authors like the author of simon versus the homo sabian agenda uh, being accused of being a straight woman writing gay stories to exploit and had to then reveal her identity before she was ready mm -hmm. as a way to prove that she was allowed to tell this story. And that that's just a shitty territory we don't need to be in ever. Like, it's another form of gatekeeping. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's complicated. Because on one hand, if we have a writer who is like very vocal about being straight and that's the only person telling these stories that would be bad but if we then force only out queer writers to tell stories that also would be bad we need to find a way to allow space for people yeah i so my answer is i think as long as it's someone who's telling good stories that are authentically queer mm -hmm. then let them let them write i think many of those people are, are naturally going to be queer people mm -hmm. and you know if it's an ally then they're an awesome ally and they're still writing really good representation and also sexuality is real complicated like just because you feel like you're one identity right now like maybe they think they're straight and writing the story is their way of finding their way to themselves like Mm -hmm. That has happened too. I actually think that was what happened with the author of Simon versus the Homo Sapien Agenda, if I'm not mistaken. Isn't that right, TJ? She realized she was gay by writing the story? Yeah, I think she was figuring it out. And then, it was, so she was on her own journey and she was peer pressured to come out before she was ready. And, yeah. you know, I you know I can't say for sure where she was at when that book came out. Mm -hmm. uh, but, it, and, you know, it just sounds like she was figuring it out still. Yeah, she recently made a TikTok, that's what I'm referring to, where she was talking about writing that story. And as she was writing him coming out, she was kind of like, oh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. You'll, you'll have to send me the link to that because I hadn't seen that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I personally think that it, what I loved about the DC Pride special, uh, I can't speak to the Marvel one, unfortunately, I'm sorry, um, but uh, that the stories in it, it, it in a way reminds me of uh, Schitt's Creek in a sense, because the stories feel very real and very authentic, 
even though we're talking about like superhero stuff, right? You know, we're talking about like Green yeah. Lantern and, you know, Midnighter and, you know, all these characters that are doing fantastic things. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, like the Flash, you know, non-binary character is just trying to get ready for a date. You know, same with uh, uh, Nicole Maines's uh, Dreamer story. You know, that's a pretty relatable story. Um, it's, uh, it, it just, it, I, I'm sitting there going like, I, I like that I can, um, I can enjoy this, mm. even though it like, and I don't like to think of it as like, you know, oh, it's quote unquote, not for me, right? Um, I, I don't think of it that way. It's like, oh, this, this is for me because it, this isn't a story that is like we were talking about before is excluding me. These are stories yeah. that are including me. Um, yeah, yeah said, absolutely. I've said several times, like watching Schitt's Creek, I'm rewatching it actually. Um, like Patrick and Patrick and David, I just, I'm, I'm laughing. I'm crying. Like just as much as I am with um, Alexis and um Ted. Ted. Oh, Jesus. His name like totally flew out of my head. Um, but Schitt's I was, Creek I was, is my favorite. I love it so much. <laughs> I was like, I was like, the guy who makes the puns, what the hell's his name? <laughs> um, but yeah, but like, it, you know, in the same way that like Johnny and, and Moira, although Moira is just, uh, she's practically a, you know. <laughs> she is a delight. I love her so much. There is a whole community of drag queens that just do Moira costumes. And I'm yeah. like, yes. <laughs> I, I, I saw that in the, the retrospective they did yeah. on Netflix. And I thought, I thought that was so cool. Um, it is. I and, love it. And I love that, you know, these types of shows exist. And I, and I, and I think about it, it's like, I grew up pretty conservative, right? Mm -hmm. Um which, you know, not that I ever, but I never really thought like, like there was anything wrong with gay people. I just thought mm -hmm. like, you know, it, there were parts, there was sometimes if I'd see like a gay couple on TV, like a Will and Grace or something, if like they kissed or something, I always thought, I'd say, oh, that's a little strange. And it took me a long time to shake that. Like I grew up Catholic, right? It took me a yeah. long, long time to shake all that and just yeah. go, dude, like, okay, first and foremost, this nobody's hurting you nobody's attacking you nobody's forcing any fucking thing down your throat you know like if yeah. they're in in love on tv all the gay puns i can think of <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that was not where i was going with that <laughs> but no but, i get what you're saying like yeah i think what makes a good story is that if it's a story about the human experience and if it's done well and it's genuine. And I think yeah. this DC Pride anthology, all of those stories were that. And like, yes, being queer was a part of them, mm -hmm. is a part of their identity of those characters in a huge way, but they're still human. And like, even if you read it and haven't gone through the experiences of that character, you can still relate to their yeah. humanity and the mundaneness of their stories. Like trying to plan the perfect date and get ready in time like those are things not all people but many people can relate to or in yeah. some way even if it's not the same situation yeah i think there exists this myth and whether it is about women or queer people or people of color there's this myth that if the story is starring them it won't be relatable to everyone else as if we who are marginalized haven't been relating to straight white male stories our entire lives because it's what we had, right? Like 
you're a, we are able to do that. We are able to relate to someone who hasn't had our exact experience. Um, you know, it seems like it sometimes feels easier to people to relate to a story about a dragon than about a gay person. And you're like, okay, but you can do it. <laughs> yeah, it's a great point. It, you know, growing up with Disney movies, you know, how many of us can relate to being stuck in a in a in a in a castle with a beast or you know <laughs> having our father trampled by you know uh uh oh. you know trampled I'm related to the the queer coded villains <laughs> oh scar ursula scar. is bay Ur- ursula is bay and scar scar is a gay man <laughs> yes I can see that. <laughs> that was a thing for a long time, right? Like there is no queerness in Disney movies unless it's the queer coded villain for the or longest. Luca. Or well, Luca's new. I was gonna say for the longest time. Luca just came out. <laughs> it's it, it's just strange to me the the when like the you know like like we were talking about like uh it's like oh like this isn't for you kind of a thing like yeah but you know like you just said like you know how many how long you know like you're a batman fan like how long were you relating to stories about straight white men it's like well obviously you know there's something there for everyone yeah i've certainly never been a billionaire (laughs) 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 um you know if you were you'd you'd share right like that (laughs) (laughs) if i was i'd be a vigilante (laughs) i mean you'd have to be me I don't know about you. Uh, I, I, well, that's that's fair. This is only like the fourth time we've ever talked. So, oh, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, but again, you know, uh, having to kind of shake my own personal bias and and you know, I was very excited to read DC Pride. I was like, I think this is something that I, I'm definitely gonna you know love and revisit. And I even bought a couple extra copies, uh, yeah. one to give to the mother of my child. Who I keep forgetting to give it to her, so I'm gonna have to give it to her that tonight. Uh, another yeah. uh, for my other sister who uh, doesn't buy comic books regularly, but you know every now and then I'll I'll throw something her way. And I'm like, hey, I think you really like this. Like her favorite Batman character is Alfred. I don't know where she gets that from. Oh, but... well, good choice. <laughs> yeah. Alfred is the greatest of all time. <laughs> it's it just it's just funny to me. She's oh, he has my favorite character. I was like, really? She's Correct. Like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> okay. Like you know, I just I know you know, and again the you know not judging or going like, why is that your favorite character as opposed to you know, whatever. Um, yeah, because she's but- correct. I don't mean. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like this is a silly scenario, but using it as an example of listening and learning, this is where we go. Oh, tell me why? Why is he your favorite? I want to understand. Yeah, I I think we talked about it before, but I don't remember. We might have <laughs> been we. It might have been one of our like, you know, binge watching. Uh, Modern Family while drinking nights. I'm not 100 percent sure, but um, has she read Gotham High, where he is a gay Asian man? Because it's terrible story, but a great character. <laughs> I didn't. I don't even know if I knew that existed. It's so. It's basically Riverdale, but Batman characters, and it's kind of trash, but it's trash I enjoy. Your and life Al- will never be the same. Oh yeah, and Alfred is legitimately canonically gay and Asian in it, and just has he's like the gay wine aunt. He literally has like a glass of alcohol in every panel and he's just like okay bruce whatever that i think she i you know the way you're describing it i'm sure she would love that so i'll have to check that out um, it's not good but it's so fun well that again like that she likes that kind of stuff she she loved keeping up with the kardashians forever so there you go she'd love it yeah exactly um See, i do have to say like i know i just said i'm totally fine with allies running queer stories or queer characters Mm -hmm. as long as it's done well um 
that said, I thought it was very powerful that so many of the creators were openly out Mm -hmm. queer artists working on the DC Pride anthology. It was just very powerful, like seeing people being given the room to tell those stories. It was very moving. I mean, it's like how we talk about how actors don't have to be queer to play a queer role. because that's not something you can see like it's still powerful to know that and sense it in a performance mm-hmm. like i'm i'm thinking of citizen cold and the ray on the yeah. cw shows like that was a big deal and it was really the first time that a queer openly queer person was playing an openly queer character and it was like it was powerful to me and i feel very similarly about this anthology mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely there is something beautiful about watching someone tell their own story, uh, yes. for sure. Um, which you know, you know, Dan Levy kind of did with uh, yes. Shit's Creek. Um, I didn't Absolutely. Mean, I didn't mean for this to become the Shit's Creek podcast. I'm ooh. okay with that. TJ hasn't seen it, so we need to bully him. And <laughs> that's why I'm it. quiet. I'm gonna have to watch it here You're soon. Gonna have to watch it. It's so good. It, it's it's legitimately one of the best TV shows ever made. Um, yeah. But. Huh. Um, but yeah, with uh, with you know the the DC Pride special, and you know, I remember like you know when the New Fifty Two happened, there was so much backlash uh, against mm-hmm. DC because they had very they I I think they only had like one or two female writers. It was like Amanda yeah. Connor and Gail Simone who yep. are who are great, and Gail Simone like Gail Simone especially is one of my favorites. Um, but it's like you know they were people were pushing for a little bit more diversity you know it's like you have all these white guys writing black characters you have all these straight people writing gay characters and then finally as you know that was 10 years ago it seems like they're finally starting to catch up um so i don't know if you all feel this way but in my mind i'm a little bit better late than never or in do you feel that way or do you feel it's you know uh too too little too late if that makes any sense i definitely like i get excited anytime representation happens and at the same time I feel the frustration that it's literally 2021 and we are at this moment trying to figure out if we're being queer baited by the Tim Drake story Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) TJ knew it was gonna come up but there you know Batman Urban Legends right now is telling a very queer story about a character that everyone has had had, a lot of people have had Canada's queer for a long time and there's a part of me that's like how cool would it be if one of the main Bat family was actually queer? And there's another part of me that's like, I've been here before. You know, Jason Todd called Roy his boyfriend and it was just a joke. And I didn't know it was just a joke. It took me a long time to realize. (laughs) (laughs) So there's there's a both, right? There's a, we could definitely be doing better and I will celebrate every win. And to be clear, this Tim Drake story is very purposefully queer. Like, whether editorial is going to allow it to be textually queer or not, the intention is totally there. And the writer and artist are on Twitter, like, fueling the flames. Mm -hmm. So I'm really hoping it pans out in the favor of queer textuality. But we're going to have to see. Fingers crossed. We'll find out in August, I'm assuming, when it ends. Um, yeah yeah it's definitely there there's something so fun about queer reading stories that's what our whole podcast is like we go to batman and we're like maybe he's ace and in love with superman and all of this stuff and it's fun (laughs) 
partially because we know they're not doing it on purpose and we're bringing that to it. Yeah. But when it's intentional, when it's actually queer baiting, it hurts more. When we know that they're playing with us, it does hurt more. Now, I'm very susceptible to it. If you follow me on Twitter, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I was here for it being gay the whole time, knowing I was being queer baited because there was no way. Right. But still, it hurt when they then came out afterward with interviews, basically calling us idiots for thinking that, even though they put those hints in there, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, it's it's interesting, like, um, like hearing kind of the other side of it, where, you know, I think for the longest time, there was always kind of the, you know, oh, those, that that man and that woman, they've got chemistry. I wonder if they're going to get together on this show, right? right? And and now hearing you on the on the you know on the on the flip side of it being like oh th- these two men you know there might be a thing there, yeah. um, it's it's interesting to me that it's probably something I never would have thought of. But I love hearing people's theories. Like I love reading like fan theories about stuff. And even better when they like when the writers or the actors or whoever acknowledge it and go oh you know didn't think of that but that's kind of cool or whatever or right. but then again there's you know the opposite where it's like ah no that's not part of it like you're yeah. reading too much into it it's like it's like well this is what we do we read <laughs> a lot into it <laughs> yeah and they would never no one is ever going to do an interview and be like this straight ship that you thought you're stupid for thinking that right. they're never going to do that right even if that couple doesn't get together they're not going to be like what you idiots but there is this tendency and i know there's a whole lot of factors marvel is a big company there's a lot of th- pressures so i'm not necessarily saying who's at fault for this happening but somebody is <laughs> somebody's <laughs> at fault um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they then do these interviews where they're like, oh, no, like grasping their pearls, yeah. uh, acting like it's so insane when you had, I, I know I'm going to keep coming back to Falcon and Winter Soldier because I both love and am hurt by it. Uh, when you have your main characters roll through a field of flowers on top of each other and then tell me I'm an idiot for thinking it's a little gay, like, come on now. <laughs> I'm just laughing at you saying grasping your pearls as because of like, Batman, you know, Bruce Wayne's mom or something. I am. I <laughs> Who do you Bruce think Wayne's... you are? <laughs> How well? dare they grasp their pearls like Martha Wayne? <laughs> Why would you say that name, um, Martha? <laughs> <laughs> but as uh, to like DC Comics being more diverse nowadays and like behind the scenes, and mm-hmm. I think it's probably the most diverse it's ever been. Like uh, as someone was saying the other day to me, we have. James Tynan, who's an openly queer man, writing the flagship Batman book in various books. And then we have an openly queer uh, Asian woman who is playing- playing. Marco Tamaki. Yeah, Marco Tamaki, who is writing the Detective Comics book. So like, that's that's a big deal. And, uh, you know, um, there's still more room to grow. I'm sure we could get more people of color in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's the main area we should be looking at nowadays. Uh, Also, we're talking about the DC Pride anthology. So I have to point out that most of those characters, if not all, don't have books of their own right now. Like Batwoman doesn't have her own book. And it's like, how can she have her own TV show and not her own comic book? This is blasphemy. Yeah. So I think we need to do better with making sure these characters aren't just being rolled out once a year for a Pride anthology. They need to be featured like all year long. And I really am seeing the effort, I think, just from this month on social media. DC has announced like Aqua, Aquaman, The Becoming, featuring Jackson, who's Aqualad, and like 
you know, this is something, it's an effort, I think, to include these characters in a more prominent way throughout the year, not just in Pride Month. And I think that's where Marvel needs to work at too. I mean, if we're talking about the big two and as for people of color needing to be in the room more, you know, it's needed there too. I just read the last issue of X Factor, which is, uh, I think, known to be the gayest Marvel book right now. I think definitely the gayest X-Men book right now. There was kind of a fumble with um, a queer plot line that was... Um, an intersexual, not intersexual. Intersectional? Yes. There we go. So a queer plot line that was overlapping with being a black man as well. And like mm-hmm. when we have a white writer who is, but is queer telling this story, sometimes it's not handled the best way it could be. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about Yeah. I, I do love that book, but you know, it's something to keep in mind. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing, right? Like we are, we are fine with straight people writing queer stories and, you know, people writing stories that are different than them. If they're doing their due diligence to tell a good story, we talked about this with um, Batman Elegy, uh, Batwoman Elegy, sorry, that we kind of were like, oh yeah, it's written by a straight man. And there are moments when it's real (laughs) obvious and it would have been fine. I love Greg Rucka. I'm totally fine with that. He likes to tell queer stories and I'm I'm excited about that. But every once in a while, I'm like, okay, but maybe consult some people while you're doing it. Um, Yeah, our guest Jadzia on that episode, she has such a great perspective on uh, queer people and how they're written. And mm -hmm. I mean, she talked about how you know, if this was written today by an, an actual queer person, like Batwoman would have friends who are queer. She would dress right. like a queer person, like things like that, that I, I didn't even think about when reading the book. And I was just like, you know what? Those are really good points. Like things mm-hmm. like that, if you look out for them, like it, it's very noticeable. Yeah, there's there's this tendency for media that's not written by queer people to have the token gay, the token person. But in reality, that's very rare. Like you, you know, there's you know, TJ and I, we find each other, right? Yeah. Like, when you're marginalized, you are drawn to other marginalized people because they get you. And it's, so it's very rare to have that actual, you know, token friend. That that's just that's kind of a fiction in the media. Right. Yeah. I've never gone out of my way to find queer friends I just stumble upon them and then they happen to be queer and we're at the point where my entire friend group I would say 99% of the people I surround myself with are queer people and it's just by coincidence really and then Mm -hmm. we just click Right. I was the token straight friend for a while, I thought. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was just like, I don't know. I just, queer people really get me. No idea why. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. Uh, You know, because I'm thinking about it and it's like, I guess like straight people are kind of the same way. You know, we don't go out of our way to look for (laughs) straight friends. (laughs) Um, That's interesting. you know, I think of the Greg Rucka, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was the one to make Wonder Woman bisexual. Um, yeah. Yeah. Greg Rucka is, he's doing good work. I like Greg Rucka. Uh, yeah. He also wrote the, the space pirate Cyclops story. That's one of my favorites, which no one is inherently gay, but also space pirates is just inherently gay. Just got to throw that out there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Take like, your word n- for not it. to shit on his work. Like he's yeah, done a no. lot for the community. Yeah, yeah. We love Greg Rucka. And this was a long time ago. So, you know, right. going back and reading it, we can look at it and be like, okay, buddy, 
but you know he's grown right uh you know it's it's interesting you know when you have a character like uh like alan scott um mm. who you know for the you know for the what 80 years he's been around uh yeah. has has always been portrayed as straight and then you have injustice year zero which is fantastic uh that puts him makes him homosexual front and center in that mm. story um and then in in this uh in infinite frontier when that came out a few months ago plus the dc pride special you see him struggling with that that you know he's coming yeah. out to his children and trying to make amends with them and um and you know it's interesting like the number of people like, you know we talked about like homophobia earlier like mm -hmm. the number of people that like flip the fuck out about it yeah. and and in my mind i'm just like i'm like i don't think it's unusual for someone of any yeah. age to just just kind of look at themselves and go no i think that there's i've always yeah. felt that there was something different about me and and this is what it is i mean that's how many fucking comic book origin stories start that way how many x-men origin right. stories start that way right yeah um you know like like grace and frankie on netflix right you know <laughs> that's yeah. a, a yeah. big part of that show um but uh you know, so that that story uh, in the Pride Anthology was my favorite because I thought it was just such a beautiful story the way that he couldn't articulate. So mm -hmm. his son, Obsidian, made the room dark and said, use use the ring, like, show me what you're trying to say. Yeah. And it just was so beautiful. And it's like, look how look how well these two, you know, that are estranged, they can communicate with each other this way. And it felt real to me. It felt, even though I'm watching like green lantern like constructs and a artificially dark room right yeah yeah <laughs> but the story felt so real and it kind of reminded me of titanic a little bit uh just how he had that that this fling with this man and and then you know there was the train crash and that's how he became green lantern and then he sort of just sort of suppressed that for the longest mm -hmm. time draw me by your draw me like your french girl <laughs> yes <laughs> that whole part yeah use use your you know, use your constructs. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you liked that one. We, we just talked about the anthology uh, over on our podcast, and that was one of the stories that I think was at the bottom of our list, but I enjoyed it. So mm -hmm. I'm really, I'm glad to hear that you connected with it, because um, I feel like it does deserve some love too. It's a great anthology. Yeah, I think uh, it's also powerful to have stories of being older and coming out as queer because that yes. is that's something that happens in the real world, but not something we get to see very often in media. It, it's in I think because of that, because there is that shame, you know, and unfortunately, in a somewhat similar vein, uh, you know, we're we're reading these this awful, awful, awful story of Bill Cosby being yeah. released from prison, which you know, and then I see so many people saying. This is why people don't come forward and i hear you know, why women don't come forward and it just breaks my heart to the point where i'm just like i'm trying not to like get angry you know over the situation i can't control obviously and i think it, a lot of it is the same way with uh with you know the queer community it's like it's it's hard to you know i i can't speak for you but i i, I would assume it's it's hard to come out when you feel like if you do it it's going to change everything yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I mean, there's, you know, it's, there's a lot of reasons why it can be hard and not least of all is because we don't have a, an, enough narratives. Like, 
um, one of the things I teach when I teach about sex and gender uh, psychology is how important the stories we tell as a culture are Mm -hmm. and how straight people have stories of what it's like to become yourself, to have your coming of age, to get married, to get engaged, to find love, all of those things. You have your stories and not all of them are equally good for sure. Right. But but they exist Mm -hmm. and we haven't had those scripts necessarily, or we have very few of them, right? Like my life is nothing like the L word or glee. Um, Very much not like that. No, I burst into song (laughs) all the time. I mean, TJ and I do sing, but. (laughs) (laughs) There's not, there's no choreographed dances going on or anything. (laughs) Yeah, like me and my two friends do a say a little prayer for me all the time. (laughs) Are you Quinn LeBray in this scenario? I might be. That's my current impression. <laughs> Gotta get real nasally. <laughs> I guess TJ is the one that's gonna have the heel turn in season two, huh? <laughs> well, it's there you go. Be all those, all those Glee references. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> but truly, like not having those stories, not growing up with like a script on how to do all these things means it's harder. It's harder to know who you are if you haven't seen yourself depicted. I was recently on another podcast talking about asexuality and how, if we want to talk about underrepresented, there, I, we could together think of like five characters that are canonically ace. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, how do you, how do you figure out that's me if you've never seen it? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think coming out stories at any point in your life are important and, you know, if we're looking at Alan Scott, who was a much older man or Iceman, you know, maybe in his 30s, like those are, you know, very different stories, but very similar in that, you know, they're at an age where people assume you have your shit figured out. And if you're coming out, like you were saying, JJ, like uh, everything's going to change and that's scary. And depending on what point in your life you're at, the level of change is going to be different um, and what changes will be different. And yeah, I think those are worth telling. And, you know, if coming out stories are the only stories we're getting, that's when it's a problem. And I think a lot of people are over coming out stories these days, Mm -hmm. but you know, they're important. And especially when we're looking at older people, like those are stories that haven't been explored that much. And of course it's going to piss the fanboys off. Like if they were pissed (laughs) at Iceman being gay, they were definitely going to be pissed at Alan Scott being gay. Right. Just wait till Tim Drake is gay, you all. <laughs> and then you'll be sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's, you know, something that I, I thought about a lot in terms of like, a, uh, I don't know if we'd call it necessarily a coming out, but um, with Supergirl season four um, really helped me understand like the trans community a lot better than I think I ever had. Um, because partially because there was, I don't have much exposure. Like I can't, I don't live in a small town, but a smaller city, so to speak. Um, but at the same time, I, it, you know, for the longest time I was just like, I don't get it. Like, I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. And I just would dismiss it despite knowing a couple of trans people and being friendly enough with them. But in, in the back of my mind going, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, and then having to kind of just go, Okay, like I was saying before, okay, like this person isn't hurting me. This person is living their truth and their truth. Yes. Like first and foremost, like, you know, like I said, doesn't affect me in any way, shape or form. Right. Um, it, but the way I respond to their truth, you know, do, it, it, that does affect them. Yes. And 
and I that's well said. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I and I, I, you know, watching, you know, uh, Supergirl season four. I remember like just seeing the the first picture of Nicole Maines. My thought was like, oh, she's hot, and then uh, <laughs> and then it was like, oh, like first transgender superhero. I was like, oh, and then I just I didn't know how to feel about it, and it took me a while to just go like you're thinking too much about it like like you know first of all nicole mains isn't thinking anything about me <laughs> but like secondly i was just like you know i read her story in, in dc pride which i really loved um yes. and i just was like like first and foremost like i love this character like this is a great character that feels like you know fits in with this arrowverse superhero community so well not because you know she there's a there's the queerness to her but because there's the same like outsider feeling and mm -hmm. finding your finding your family kind of a thing that is prevalent in all comic book stories you know the yeah. the whole like you know friends are the family you choose thing you know the song from a <laughs> lego batman movie but uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh but yeah it, it just uh it, so that aspect of the story i really loved and then as you know i, I started following nicole mains more I was just like, I really love this person and what she's representing and what she's saying. And I love that she got the chance to write this story. I hope mm -hmm. that she'll get more chances to write stories. Uh, mm -hmm. And hopefully Dreamer will be a part of other Arrow stuff, Arrowverse stuff, excuse me, going forward because Supergirl's yeah. ending. Um, and she's hot. And she's hot. She is hot, yeah. So <laughs> there's, I, I can- I can confidently say that now. <laughs> to your point, that's why it's important. One of many reasons it's important to have stories because if I can be psych professor for a moment here, like we have done research on the fact that if you read really well done positive stories or watch really well done positive stories about people who are different from you, it increases in measurable ways how much empathy you have for real people. Mm. So having these, having trans superheroes, having queer superheroes, having superheroes that are people of color, having you know these the superheroes somebody you're supposed to look up to be these people of marginalized identities it makes us better people mm. and i would say like 20 years ago i i mean the entire queer community was at the point where there was no representation on anything but then the gay community like i would say gays and lesbians started to get mm -hmm. some representation and then you know like a marriage equality support skyrocketed within like mm -hmm. 10 years and i think part of it is due to those stories um influencing people and opening up their minds and then i mean if we jump from the 2000s to let's say like 2015 the yeah. only trans rep i i was aware of was laverne cox and caitlin jenner who is not great not because she's trans for other reasons <laughs> but yes. boo, boo caitlin jenner yeah <laughs> not a fan <laughs> these were the first people who were being role models being allowed to be role models for mm -hmm. everyone not just trans people but specifically for trans people so i think trans people were starting to be more vocal at that point and and you know we're starting to be more seen, exactly. I would say, because, exactly. you know, if we look back at, if we get real historical about it, the first uh, brick at the Stonewall riot was thrown by a black trans woman, you know, trans mm -hmm. women, especially black trans women have led the civil rights effort for queer people all along. And yet 
because of society have been forgotten in the fruits of it until very recently and still are like still we have a long way to go it yeah yeah like it's a it's you know we all have our own struggles it's been significantly harder I think for trans people Mm -hmm. to get to the point where they are just from the culture that we've created and the stigma around that identity like they've had to claw their way into this representation which is deserved they should have it and like I it's very uh deserved that we're finally getting some trans representation that is positive Yeah, absolutely. There was a moment when we were doing our pride interviews, uh, where we were talking about Jesse, the non-binary flash and Mm. it's, you know, it's been what, like two months since I came out as non-binary and it was so powerful to, you know, this is where I am in my story and to have this superhero story. And I love the flashes. So it was, I'm tearing up, (laughs) but it was, it was beautiful. (laughs) You know, and, uh, and even in real life, Ezra Miller is non-binary. Um, yes. And, and and I and there was uh, there was talk about that. It's like, what if they make the Flash nine, you know, non-binary in the movie? And my thought please. was like, please, yes, please, like, do it, what, do it, what, do like, it. Like, what if they do? You know, like, who cares? Like, is is the story going to be good? Well, Michael Keaton's Batman in it, so yes. Um, <laughs> but like, but but seriously, you know, I just, you know, when is when I see the representation there, um, you know, I I. I kind of wish they would make Barry non-binary in the yes. in the movies. Like, I I, like even if it's not textual, I think there's enough evidence from the energy Ezra brings to the role that yeah. you could headcanon. Uh, maybe this flash isn't exactly exactly (laughs) yeah they bring queerness to the role even if it wasn't written there and i'm like yes ezra do it actually for the longest time i thought grant gustin was gay uh just just i wish he was (laughs) because because of glee but then like they said you know he said something about like oh you know getting married you know here's you know here's my fiance and i was just like oh he's straight so i think for the first two years of the flash i thought that <laughs> grant yeah. Gustin was actually gay in real right. life and like, um, he, he could be bisexual exactly or something. like who knows uh, yeah i we here on the gotham outsiders stand by everyone is queer until proven otherwise <laughs> yes <laughs> well you know it's, it's a little bit like i said before we were recording that i i kind of joke that i you know my my friends pick on me sometimes because i will talk about how hot some dudes are uh despite being a straight man i will i will not hesitate to be like dude fucking like ben affleck in that workout scene in batman v superman Ooh, he can truly. get he can get it <laughs> like you know daddy batfleck he can get it yeah. <laughs> i mean i'm an ace person but i get it like <laughs> some people are hot <laughs> it, you know it's you know it, i i remember making a joke like that about a, a friend of mine in high school where i was like I was like, she's so hot that even the gay guys are crushing on her, you know? <laughs> like, And I, I said that to some people and they were all laughing. And I was like, I was, and you know, and I was like, yeah, it's funny because it's true. Like, she, <laughs> um, but and like, as I said, like, feel free to headcanon Flash as non-binary queer, but like, yeah. also we were just talking about how this is 2021 and we need, we deserve textual queerness. So yeah. also give it, give that to us too, please. Yeah, and it's... <sighs> Like we were saying, we get excited for 
the wins, but they do sometimes feel quite small. I, uh, I don't think it's at all a spoiler at this point to say that we finally got Loki is canonically bisexual in the MCU. Mm-hmm which is huge. Uh, That's such a big deal in that episode. And it was, you know, the creator is actually a bi woman. So there's like a lot that's awesome. And the same week that somebody else involved in the show, not our bisexual creator, but somebody else was like, but don't read into Mobius and Loki being gay. Don't do it. And I was like, what? what? Like in our one gay show in the MCU, you're going to do this to me. I I did see that, which did bother me. And (sighs) I was like, you know people you know people have fun like my uh, i have a friend uh who's been on the show uh, her name's adele and you know we we joke about like um you know like oh like you know we're watching your show like again going back to shit's creek it's like oh yeah. that's like i was like she's like she's like, i'm totally david i'm like uh no you're stevie and <laughs> and <laughs> oh, she's like she's stevie. she's like and she like pulls me aside she's like look i know i'm i know i'm stevie but i'm david you hear me <laughs> and i was like all right. <laughs> and my and my best friend Jesse's like, just, just it, we're just having fun here. All right. Relax. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> but yes. you know, but it's the same kind of thing where it's like, I, you know, it, you know, if I'm anybody from television, I'm probably Chandler Bing um, or Ted Mosby. Um, hopefully pre when everybody hated Ted Mosby. And I, <laughs> but um, but you know, at the same time, it's like, uh, but I still watch and wish I could be. Oliver Queen, Stephen Amell, right? <laughs> right. Um, How is your salmon ladder action going? Um, not great. Um, I've eaten salmon near la- ladders, if that if that works. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, but uh, but I think you know, going back to what we we're saying about like having that textual representation, mm-hmm. I I would love it if the flash in you know, Barry Allen in the movie was non-binary, yes. you know, and Please. I, I, you know, just, just like, I love Sasha Kaye. I, I, I hope I'm pronouncing her name, right. I'm terrible with names. Um, but, uh, you know, her as the new Supergirl, people were like, Oh, like, is she supposed to be related to Henry Cavill? I'm like, I'm like, well, first of all, they're from another fucking planet. Like, <laughs> right. You're, you're, you're thinking too much about these things. Um, and it's, and so what if they are, what's wrong with something different like how many of these snyder bros are screaming about how mm-hmm. great scott's or excuse me zach snyder made the justice league characters when they're quite different from the comic books from the right. shows it's you know it's not that much of a stretch to say like so what if andy uh miss uh machete or I just call him Andy, Andy Spaghetti, which is probably racist. <laughs> I apologize. But, um, uh, you know, what if he wants to make, you know, the Flash non-binary? What if he wants to make Michael Keaton's Batman ace, right? Like, you know. It, Please. <laughs> you know, it, and if probably if any of the, actually, I was going to say, if any of the Batman were, it might be him that, but you then know. again, I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's a case to be made. I could see it. There's a case to be made. Like, um, if anyone has a problem and are like, well, the Flash is straight and not queer on the comic book, and then you could just make the argument of, well, just Chambers is a non-binary Flash. Like, right. f- introduce this character. We're going to different Earths. Introduce that character. Right. You're all comfortable with the multiverse, but in none of those verses, these characters <laughs> right? can be gay. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, like, if they're not comfortable with Barry Allen being queer, you know... 
let's introduce them to Jess, but we'll get them one to team Barry can be queer I, as well. I was going to say, TJ's being sweet. I'm like, if you're not comfortable with it, deal with it. Yes. <laughs> that, that's kind of my thought process to it. It's just, I, 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 you know, I love seeing the progression that we're having. You know, I love that we have the, the Marvel Voices uh, anthology. We have the DC Pride anthology. Um, I, I, and I hope, and I, like you were saying, I hope this isn't just these one-off things yeah. like, Hey, you know, there's, there it is there. That's for you. Now go, go play elsewhere. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> um, you know, just like shooing you away, like your kids at a, at a party or something. I, I see you, honey. Okay. Now, <laughs> now, now mommy's talking, you know, kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, uh, I think we're seeing comics pave the way for the films at this point. Yeah. Um, like young adult literature has been super progressive and yeah. diverse in recent years and it just keeps getting better and better. I think we're seeing that with comics starting to take the first step um, and they're actually making some decent change right now. And I think it's going to keep going and it's going to start bleeding over into the films. Like we're, like we mentioned Loki, yeah. you know, finally confirming a queer protagonist in right. the MCU, like huge deal. Even if it's just that line, it's a big deal. And it it's is. just the first step. Yeah. Yeah. It as opposed to just the the one gay character in the beginning <laughs> the, of Avengers Endgame. <laughs> the Russo brother. Yes. <laughs> that when TJ and I watched that movie together and knowing there was going to be a queer character in it, I turned to him at the end and went, wait, where? I missed it. Yep. And he was like, no, no, you blinked. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, fan shipping for like Valkyrie and and Captain Marvel. Um, yes, and they I are don't, correct. I don't, Captain Marvel is such a lesbian. Yeah, like, there is no on. way. <laughs> I mean, did you see that haircut in Endgame? Kidding, I'm kidding. Telling, kidding. I am you said it, you. not me. <laughs> I'm. Oh, I'm getting all the hate mail now. <laughs> she That's is right. a lesbian, and I will fight anyone. And Valkyrie, yes, she's queer yeah. too. I'm vocal right now because if they bring back Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, and do not make him queer. Has he's been campaigning for bisexual yes. Spider-Man for yep. decades? There was rumors last year that like they wanted to bring him back and make him openly bi. And I was like, yes, like give him a boyfriend, like make yes. his MJ a man. Just make yes. it, even if it's just a line, just give it to me. And you know, I think we're 90% sure he's gonna be in the next <laughs> Spider-Man. Spoiler alert, sorry. If you I don't know. <laughs> There's never any concrete denials. There's right. just sort of you know so, okay even if he's yeah. not in it he will be one day and he better be queer yes i you know and and, and stuff like that like like we we're saying like with alan scott you know with uh you know uh, other characters like that that it just you know it, it doesn't bother me if they if they're changing up the character at all because it's you know like you know what's they, they're changing costumes all the time sometimes right. they change cities you know Tim Drake is only sometimes a Robin. I <laughs> and he's yeah, going to so, be black in the new Titans. Yeah, yes! exactly. Yes, so here for it, and so, he looks amazing. Yeah, he looks yeah, amazing. And you know, it, when so when changes are made and there's progression being being done, it I just I always see it as a positive. It's like mm -hmm. if it's if it is queer baiting, I then then of course then yeah that that's not right. That's that's wrong. But if you're trying to help represent people and you know bring them forward you know it's something like uh, i was reading 
in uh, something about like Tony Todd with the original Candyman that people mm-hmm. were like nervous that he like a, a black man was going to play like the villain in the story. And Tony Todd was like, well, why not? Why can't I be the villain? Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's like it, it's not racist if I'm the villain. It's just that that's the story they're telling. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that it's it's sort of similar on on uh, on this end as well, because it's like, well, so what if they want to make, you know, uh, Alan Scott gay? So what if they, you know, if the Flash is non-binary? So what if it's like it, it's it's the story that they're telling. And as, as long as it's a good story, yeah. then we're we're all benefiting from it. There is a level of, and um, Glenn Weldon talks about this in the book Cape Crusade. There's a level of like, I'm going to say it again, pearl clutching uh, (laughs) (laughs) of like, well, that's not my version of that character or whatever. Mm -hmm. As if there is one version of these characters, which in comics more than maybe any other media, there is not. Like there just isn't. There's been so many different versions. Of course, there's room for some of them to be the gay versions of those characters. Like so many versions of The Flash exist. If one of them is confirmed queer, it's not going to take away any of the others that are straight for you already. Like, give us a piece of the pie. You will (laughs) still have decades of straight Flash (laughs) comics. You're going to be fine. Yeah, JJ, just wait till the Batman movie comes out. We're gonna be full on pat pattinson is queer batman it's a thing it is i I did i i did listen to your episode about the trailer so and i just wait that was the (laughs) warm-up baby (laughs) you know and and you know for for me it's like like i said you know when when people start getting up in arms about it it just it it just annoys me more than anything because i'm just like will you chill the fuck out like we're talking like more like we're talking about fictional people here like if it was like you're if you were having a hard time because it was your brother or your wife or something that came out and somehow affected your life in that way that's completely different that's your life then you need to deal with that but when it's like it's fucking batman or <laughs> green lantern or whatever or Iceman. Who yeah, fucking it, cares? Like, it always kills me. I feel like it happens on Twitter periodically where people are like, Batman is not gay. How dare you make Batman gay or whatever? And I just want to be like, did he tell you that? Like when you talk to him in person because he's real? <laughs> like, did he tell you he's straight? Because until Batman tells me he is not ace, I'm going to believe it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, all we know for sure is that Batman does not go down on women. We know that <laughs> is. Lies. Uh, Zack Snyder disagrees with you. <laughs> For once in the once in the history of Gotham Outsiders, we are on Zack Snyder's side. <laughs> I I was dying at all the responses to that. Like one of my favorites was like, "Well, if that if that makes you a hero, then I will die a villain." <laughs> or that, <laughs> and I saw stuff like that, and like Val Kilmer even like got in on it. I was like, I this is and like Dietrich Bader voices him on. Brave and the Bold and Harley yeah. Quinn. He was like, uh, he does. No, he. Oh, Kilmer definitely went down on Val or uh, Chase Meridian. Oh, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, yeah. in costume, I'm sure, because she got oh, yeah. on that big time. So <laughs> his mouth slot is the only thing not covered. How does he and not eat it? He's got <laughs> handles on top of his head. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Didn't even think that far ahead, but yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I, uh, you know, uh, 
TJ, Chris, this has been such a blast. Um, I'm so glad we could uh, we could get this and hopefully get it done right this time. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, with my wonderful editing skills, no one will ever know the difference, a.k.a. <laughs> you know, I don't know where I'm going with that. That was a bad joke. Anyway. Um, okay. <laughs> but this is uh this has been a total blast you know i i'm like i said i'm a huge fan of your show and uh and and i kind of laughed a little bit because i was like i reached out to you right away i was like hey we're both now on the batman podcast network like we've got to be best friends now <laughs> um and that was Aww. that was even before I, I even think i listened to any of your episodes i just immediately subscribed and Aww. was just like I'm excited. Yeah. I'm I think excited we joined to... like on the same day they added us. And yeah. I mean, speaking about queer people not knowing if they'll be accepted, like when we applied to be a part of the Batman Podcast Network, I mean, Chris and I had the discussion of like, will they want us? Will they accept us? And right. the fact that they did it meant a lot to us. Yeah. There's always that fear. I mean, circling back around to us talking about the toxic parts of fandom, there's always that fear when you're a queer person entering a fandom space like are we gonna be okay here so we really do appreciate being welcomed in yeah they're they're, they're a great group of guys that you know they they love batman and as as long as you're a good person you're not a dick and you love batman too they'll they'll take you in but so. it's okay if you're a dick grayson right well of course yes <laughs> <laughs> what about a rick grayson no no not, no, that, no. That, rick grayson he's not allowed outside <laughs> um yeah you can have a discussion with Pete Vera about that. He will tell you why that's a terrible thing. <laughs> Rick Grayson doesn't eat pussy. Hundred <laughs> percent true. He, he doesn't remember how. He's, he doesn't have any memories. <laughs> um, so uh, again, thank thank you both so much for uh, for for joining me today. Uh, we will be for sure be doing this again. Absolutely. Um, yes, you are invited onto our end at some point. We will talk oh. about a book. That was so vague. We'll talk about a book. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I was like, do I say it? We'll leave on guessing for now. Yeah. Tune well, in next time. <laughs> same bat time, same bat channel. Or, uh, but yeah, no, um, you know, we keep, yeah, keep them guessing, man. Like, you know, I got to keep, we got to keep them listening somehow. Um, <laughs> but, you know, th thank you again for joining me. And uh, uh, so uh, let's start with you, uh, Chris. Uh, if people want to find you out there. Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at The Myth of Psyche, where I will definitely be talking about how gay things like the MCU, the DC Comics, and Lord of the Rings are. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at TroyFin2, where I talk about all things books, gay, and Buffy. And you can find us both on Gotham Outsiders on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and more. Uh, you know, we talk about Batman queerness, and we just recently uploaded uh, our Pride discussion on DC Pride Anthology number one, and then we also uploaded a DC Pride celebration for the issue, and we invited tons of creators from the issue itself, so there's a part one and two to that, and you can look out for Luciano Vecchio and Steve Orlando. Yeah! I'm, I'm so jealous you guys, you got to do all that. That's so cool. Uh, well, uh, part two will be up very soon, if not by the time this uh, is uploaded, and yeah, please check it out. It was so much fun and so important to celebrate um uh you know like i you know i've said a dozen times already you know check out check out the gotham outsiders uh they're yeah they got a great show over there a lot of you know a lot of infectious energy you know like uh -huh. 
laughs all the time and uh so many of them are edited too <laughs> so oh, there's yes. even more than that tj has taken out some truly horrible sounding sounds that my laugh has made <laughs> we love you chris thanks tj um, so uh you know so check out their show um you know uh look for them online and uh and and thank you all for listening uh this has been a blast uh and i love that you know we have this community that we can come together and be uh and be friendly with each other and have these discussions because it is important for us all to be inclusive and understand each other's stories and even if we can't relate we can at least listen and that's what's really important um mm -hmm. yeah. so Absolutely. Batman eats pussy. And Batman eats pussy. <laughs> and that's where we'll end it. <laughs> Batman <TJ>. eats pussy. <laughs> TJ, the way I was actually about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. Perfect Yay, ending. <laughs> that was so good.